Act One of The Shoemaker's Holiday by Thomas Decker. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Prologue, as it was pronounced before the Queen's Majesty. As wretches in a storm, expecting day, with trembling hands and eyes cast up to heaven, make prayers the anchor of their conquered hopes. So we, dear goddess, wonder of all eyes, your meanest vassals, through mistrust and fear, to sink into the bottom of disgrace, by our imperfect pastimes prostrate thus, on bended knees our sails of hope do strike, dreading the bitter storms of your dislike. Since then unhappy men are happiest such, that to ourselves ourselves no help can bring, but needs must perish, if your saint-like heirs, locking the temple where all mercy sits, refuse the tribute of our begging tongues. O oh, grant, bright mirror of true chastity, from those life-breathing stars your sun-like eyes, one gracious smile, for your celestial breath must send us life or sentence us to death. Act the First Scene One A street in London Enter the Lord Mayor and the Earl of Lincoln. My Lord Mayor, you have sundry times feasted myself and many courtiers more. Seldom or never can we be so kind to make requital of your courtesy. But leaving this, I hear my cousin Lacey is much affected to your daughter Rose. True, my good lord, and she loves him so well that I mislike her boldness in the chase. Why, my lord mayor, think you it then a shame to join a Lacey with an Oatley's name? Too mean is my poor girl for his high birth. Poor citizens must not with courtiers wed, who will in silks and gay apparel spend more in one year than I am worth by far. Therefore your honour need not doubt my girl. Well, take heed, my lord. Advise you what you do. A very unthrift lives not in the world than is my cousin. For I'll tell you what, tis now almost a year since he requested to travel countries for experience. I furnished him with coin, bills of exchange, letters of credit, men to wait on him, solicited my friends in Italy well to respect him. But to see the end, scant had he journeyed through half Germany, but all his coin was spent, his men cast off, his bills embezzled, and my jolly cuz, ashamed to show his bankrupt presence here, became a shoemaker in Wittenberg, a goodly science for a gentleman of such descent. Now judge the rest by this. Suppose your daughter have a thousand pound. He did consume me more in one half year, and make him heir to all the wealth you have? One twelve months rioting will waste it all. Then seek, my lord, some honest citizen to wed your daughter to. I thank your lordship. Aside. Well, Fox, I understand your subtlety. As for your nephew, let your lordship's eye but watch his actions, and you need not fear, for I have sent my daughter far enough. And yet your cousin Roland might do well, now he hath learned an occupation, and yet I scorn to call him son-in-law. Ay, but I have a better trade for him. I thank his grace, he hath appointed him chief colonel of all those companies mustered in London and the shire about, to serve his highness in those wars of France. See where he comes. Enter Lovell, Lacey, and Askew. Lovell, what news with you? My lord, Lincoln. Tis his highness's will, that presently your cousin ship for France with all his powers. He would not for a million, but they should land at deep within four days. 
Go certify his grace. It shall be done. Exit Lovell. Now, Cousin Lacey, in what forwardness are all your companies? All well prepared. The men of Hertfordshire lie at Mile End. Suffolk and Essex train in Tothill Fields. The Londoners and those of Middlesex all gallantly prepared in Finsbury, with frolic spirits long for their parting hour. They have their impressed coats and furniture, and if it please your cousin Lacey come to the Guildhall, he shall receive his pay. And twenty pounds besides my brethren will freely give him to approve our loves we bear unto my lord, your uncle here. I thank your honour. Thanks, my good lord mayor. At the Guildhall we will expect your coming. Exit. To approve your loves to me. No, subtlety. Nephew, that twenty pound he doth bestow for joy to rid you from his daughter Rose. But cousins both, now here are none but friends. I would not have you cast an amorous eye upon so mean a project as the love of a gay, wanton painted citizen. I know this churl, even in the height of scorn, doth hate the mixture of his blood with thine. I pray thee, do thou so. Remember, cuz, what honourable fortunes wait on thee. Increase the king's love, which so brightly shines and gilds thy hopes. I have no heir but thee, and yet not thee, if with a wayward spirit thou start from the true bias of my love. My lord, I will for honour, not desire of land or livings, or to be your heir. So guard my actions in pursuit of France, as shall add glory to the Lacy's name. Cuz, for those words he is thirty Portuguese. And nephew ask you, there's a few for you. Fair honour in her loftiest eminence stays in France for you, till you fetch her thence. Then nephews, clap swift wings on your designs. Be gone. Be gone, make haste to the Guildhall, there presently I'll meet you. Do not stay, where honour beckons, shame attends delay. Exit. How gladly would your uncle have you gone? True, cuz, but I'll o'erreach his policies. I have some serious business for three days, which nothing but my presence can dispatch. You, therefore, cousin, with the companies, shall haste to Dover. There I'll meet with you. Or if I stay past my prefixed time, away for France, we'll meet in Normandy. The twenty pounds my Lord Mayor gives to me you shall receive, and these ten Portuguese, part of mine uncle's thirty. Gentle cuz, have care to our great charge. I know your wisdom hath tried itself in higher consequence. Cuz, all myself am yours, yet have this care, to lodge in London with all secrecy. Our uncle Lincoln hath, besides his own, many a jealous eye that in your face stares only to watch means for your disgrace. Uh, stay, cousin, who be these? Enter Simon Eyre, Marjorie his wife, Hodge, Firk, Jane, and Rafe with a pair of shoes. Leave whining, leave whining. Away with this whimpering, this puling, these blubbering tears and these wet eyes. I'll get thy husband discharged, I warrant thee, sweet Jane. Go to. Master, here be the captains. Peace, Hodge. Hush, ye knave, hush. Here be the cavaliers and the colonels, master. Peace, Firk. Peace, my fine Firk. Stand by with your pissery bashery. Away. I am a man of the best presence. I'll speak to them, and they were popes. <clears throat> Gentlemen, captains, colonels, commanders. Brave men, brave leaders, may it please you to give me audience. 
I am Simon Eyre, the mad shoemaker of Tower Street. This wench with the mealy mouth that will never tire is my wife, I can tell you. Here's Hodge, my man, and my foreman. Here's Firk, my fine firking journeyman. And this is Blubbered Jane. All we come to be suitors for this honest Rafe. Keep him at home. And as I am a true shoemaker and a gentleman of the gentle craft, buy spurs yourselves and I'll find your boots these seven years. Seven years, husband? Peace, midriff, peace. I know what I do. Peace. Truly, Master Cormoran, you shall do God good service to let Ralph and his wife stay together. She's a young new married woman. If you take her husband away from her a night, you undo her. She may beg in the daytime. For he's as good a workman at a prick and an awl as any is in our trade. Oh, let him stay, else I shall be undone. Aye, truly she shall be laid at one side like a pair of old shoes else and be occupied for no use. Truly, my friends, it lies not in my power. The Londoners are pressed, paid and set forth by the Lord Mayor. I cannot change a man. Why, then you were as good to be a corporal as a colonel if you could not discharge one good fellow. And I tell you true, I think you do more than you can answer to press a man within a year and a day of his marriage. Well said, melancholy Hodge. Gramercy, my fine foreman. Truly, gentlemen, it were ill done for such as you to stand so stiffly against a poor young wife. Considering her case, she is new married, but let that pass. I pray deal not roughly with her. Her husband is a young man and but newly entered, but let that pass. Away with your pishery pashery, your poles on your eddy poles. Peace, midriff. Silence, Sicily bum trinket. Let your head speak. Yea, and the horns too, master. Too soon, my fine folk, too soon. Peace, scoundrels. See you this man. Captains, you will not release him? Well, let him go. He's a proper shot. Let him vanish. Peace, Jane, dry up thy tears. They'll make his powder dankish. Take him, brave men. Hector of Troy was an hackney to him. Hercules and Termagant scoundrels. Prince Arthur's round table, by the Lord of Ludgate, ne'er fed such a tall, such a dapper swordsman. By the love of Pharaoh, a brave, resolute swordsman. Peace, Jane. I say no more, mad knaves. See, see, Hodge, how my master raves in commendation of Ralph. Rafe, thou'rt a gull by this hand, and thou goest not? I am glad, good master Eyre, it is my hap to meet so resolute a soldier. Trust me, for your report and love to him, a common slight regard shall not respect him. Is thy name Rafe? Yes, sir. Give me thy hand. Thou shalt not want, as I am a gentleman. Uh, woman, be, be patient. God, no doubt, will send thy husband safe again, but he must go. His country's quarrel says it shall be so. Thou'rt a gull by my stirrup, if thou dost not go. I will not have thee strike thy gimlet into these weak vessels. Prick thine enemies, Rafe. Enter Dodger. My lord... Your uncle on the Tower Hill stays with the Lord Mayor and the Alderman, and doth request you with all speed you may to hasten thither. Cousin, let's go. Dodger, run you before. Tell them we come. 
Exit Dodger. This Dodger is mine uncle's parasite, the arrantest varlet that e'er breathed on earth. He sets more discord in a noble house by one day's broaching of his pick-thank tales than can be salved again in twenty years. And he, I fear, shall go with us to France to pry into our actions. Therefore, cuz, it shall be hove you to be circumspect. Fear not, good cousin. Rafe, hide to your colours. I must, because there's no remedy. But gentle master and my loving dame, as you have always been a friend to me, so in mine absence, think upon my wife. Alas, my Rafe. She cannot speak for weeping. Peace, you cracked groats, you mustard tokens. Disquiet not the brave soldier. Go thy ways, Rafe. Ay, ay, you bid him go. What shall I do when he is gone? Why be doing with me or my fellow Hodge? Be not idle. Let me see thy hand, Jane. This fine hand, this white hand, these pretty fingers must spin, must card, must work. Work, you bombast cotton candle queen. Work for your living with a pox to you. Hold thee, Rafe. Here's five sixpences for thee. Fight for the honour of the gentle craft, for the gentlemen shoemakers, the courageous cordwainers, the flower of St. Martin's, the mad knaves of Bedlam, Fleet Street, Tower Street, and Whitechapel. Crack me the crowns of the French knaves. A pox on them. Crack them. Fight by the Lord of Ludgate. Fight, my fine boy. Here, Ralph, here's three tuppences. Two carry into France, the third shall wash our souls at parting, for sorrow is dry. For my sake, firk the bassa moncues. Rafe, I am heavy at parting, but here's a shilling for thee. God send thee to cram thy slops with French crowns, and thy enemies' bellies with bullets. I thank you, master, and I thank you all. Now, gentle wife, my loving, lovely Jane, rich men at parting give their wives rich gifts jewels and rings to grace their lily hands. Thou knowest our trade makes rings for women's eels. Here, take this pair of shoes, cut out by Odge, stitched by my fellow Firk, seamed by myself, made up and pinked with letters for thy name. Wear them, my dear Jane, for thy husband's sake, and every morning, when thou pullest them on, remember me and pray for my return. Make much of them, for I have made them so that I can know them from a thousand mo. Drum sounds. Enter the Lord Mayor, the Earl of Lincoln, Lacey, Askew, Dodger, and soldiers. They pass over the stage. Rafe falls in amongst them. Firk and the rest cry, Farewell, etc., and so exant. End of Act One. Act Two of The Shoemaker's Holiday by Thomas Decker. Scene One. A garden at Old Ford. Enter Rose, alone, making a garland. Here, sit thou down upon this flowery bank, and make a garland for thy lacy's head. These pinks, these roses, these violets, these blushing gillyflowers, these marigolds, the fair embroidery of his coronet, carry not half such beauty in their cheeks as the sweet countenance of my lacy doth. 
Oh, my most unkind father! Oh, my stars! Why lowered you so at my nativity to make me love, yet live robbed of my love? Here as a thief am I imprisoned, for my dear Lacey's sake, within those walls which by my father's cost were builded up for better purposes. Here must I languish for him that doth as much lament, I know, mine absence, as for him I pine in woe. And to Sybil. Good morrow, young mistress. I am sure you make that garland for me. Against I shall be lady of the harvest. Sybil, what news at London? None but good. My lord mayor, your father, and master Philpot, your uncle, and master Scott, your cousin, and mistress Frigbottom by doctor's commons, do all, by my troth, send you most hearty commendations. Did Lacey send kind greetings to his love? Oh, yes. Out of cry by my troth. I scant knew him. Here wore a scarf, and here a scarf, here a bunch of feathers, and here precious stones and jewels, and a pair of garters, oh, monstrous, like one of our yellow silk curtains at home here in old Ford House, here in Master Bellymount's chamber. I stood at her door in Cornhill, looked at him, he at me indeed, spake to him, but he not to me, not a word. Mary go up, I thought. What a wanian! He passed by me as proud. Mary, foe! Are you grown humorous, thought I, and so shut the door, and in I came. Oh, Sybil, how dost thou my lacy wrong? My Roland is as gentle as a lamb. No dove was ever half so mild as he. Mild? Ye as a bushel of stamped crabs. He looked upon me as sour as virtues. Go thy ways, thought I. Thou mayest be much in my gaskins, but nothing in my nether stocks. This is your fault, mistress, to love him that loves not you. He thinks scorn to do as he's done to. But if I were you, I'd cry. Go by, Geronimo, go by. I'd set mine old debts against my new driblets, and the hare's foot against the goose giblets. For ever if I sigh, when sleep I should take, pray God may I lose my maidenhead when I wake. Will my love leave me then, and go to France? I know not that, but I am sure I see him stalk before the soldiers. By my troth, he is a proper man. But he is proper, that proper doth. Let him go snick up, young mistress. Get thee to London, and learn perfectly whether my lacy go to France or no. Do this, and I will give thee for thy pains my cambric apron, and my romish gloves, my purple stockings, and a stomacher. Say, wilt thou do this, Sybil, for my sake? Will I, quoth ah, at whose suit? By my troth, yes, I'll go. A cambric apron, gloves, a pair of purple stockings, and a stomacher. I'll sweat in purple, mistress, for you. I'll take anything that comes a god's name. O oh, rich, a cambric apron. Faith, then have it up, tails all. I'll go jiggy-joggy to London, and be here in a trice, young mistress. Exit. Do so, good Sybil. Meantime, wretched I will sit and sigh for his lost company.
Exit. Scene two. A street in London. Enter Lacey, disguised as a Dutch shoemaker. How many shapes have gods and kings devised thereby to compass their desired loves? It is no shame for Roland Lacey, then, to clothe his cunning with the gentle craft, that, thus disguised, I may unknown possess the only happy presence of my rose. For her have I forsook my charge in France, incurred the king's displeasure, and stirred up rough hatred in mine uncle Lincoln's breast. O oh, love, how powerful art thou that canst change high birth to baseness, and a noble mind to the mean semblance of a shoemaker! But thus it must be, for her cruel father, hating the single union of our souls, has secretly conveyed my rose from London to bar me of her presence. But I trust fortune and this disguise will further me once more to view her beauty, gain her sight. Here in Tower Street with Air the Shoemaker mean I a while to work. I know the trade, I learnt it when I was in Wittenberg. Then cheer thy hoping spirits, be not dismayed, thou canst not want. Do fortune what she can, the gentle craft is living for a man. Exit. Scene three. An open yard before Eyre's house. Enter Eyre, making himself ready. Where be these boys, these girls, these drabs, these scoundrels? They wallow in the fat brewers of my bounty and lick up the crumbs of my table, yet will not rise to see my walks cleansed. Come out, you powder beef queens. What nan? What madge mumble crust? Come out, you fat midriff swag belly whores. Sweep me these kennels, that the noisome stench offend not the noses of my neighbours. What firk, I say? What hodge? Open my shop windows. What firk, I say? Enter firk. Oh, master, it's you that speak bandog and bedlam this morning. I was in a dream and mused what madman was got into the street so early. Have you drunk this morning? Your throat is so clear. Ah, well said, firk. Well said, firk. To work, my fine knave, to work. Wash thy face, and thou'lt be more blessed. I've let them wash my face that will eat it. Good master, send for a Seuss wife if you'll have my face cleaner. Enter Hodge. Away, sloven. Avant, scoundrel. Good morrow, Hodge. Good morrow, my fine foreman. Oh, master, good morrow. You're an early stirrer. Here's a fair morning. Good morrow, Firk. I could have slept this hour. Here's a brave day towards. Oh, haste to work, my fine foreman, haste to work. Master, I'm dry as dust here, my fellow Roger talk of fair weather. Let us pray for good leather, and let clowns and ploughboys and those that work in the fields pray for brave days. We work in a dry shop. What care I if it rain? Enter Marjorie. How now, Dame Marjorie, can you see to rise? Trip and go, call up the drabs. Your maids! See to rise? I hope tis time enough. Tis early enough for any woman to be seen abroad. I marvel how many wives in Tower Street are up so soon. God's me, tis not noon. 
here's a yawling. Peace, Marjorie, peace. Where's Cicely Bumtrinket, your maid? She has a privy fault. She farts in her sleep. Call the queen up. If my men want shoe thread, I'll swing her in a stirrup. Yet that's but a dry beating. Here's still a sign of drought. Enter Lacey disguised, singing. There was sign Bor van Gelderland, frolic sea by en. He was sells drunk, he could not stand up, so sea by en. Tap east a canakin, drink a shown a mannequin. Master, for my life, yonder's a brother of the gentle craft. If he bear not St. Hugh's bones, I'll forfeit my bones. He's some uplandish workman. Hire him, good master, that I may learn some gibble-gabble, so make us work the faster. Peace, Firk. A hard world. Let him pass, let him vanish. We have journeymen now. Peace, my fine Firk. Nay, nay, you are best follow your man's counsel. You shall see what will come on't. We have not many now, but we must entertain every butter-box. But let that pass. Dame, for God, if my master follows your counsel, he'll consume little beef. He shall be glad of men, and he shall catch them. Ay, that he shall. For God, a proper man, and I warrant a fine workman. Master, farewell. Dame, adieu. If such a man as he cannot find work, Hodge is not for you. Offers to go away. Stay, my fine Hodge. Faith, in your foreman go, dame, you must take a journey to seek a new journeyman. If Roger remove, Firk follows. If St. Hugh's bones shall not be set a work, I may prick mine all in the walls and go play. Fare ye well, master. Goodbye, dame. Tarry, my fine Hodge, my brisk foreman. Stay, Firk. Peace, pudding broth. By the Lord of Ludgate, I love my men as my life. Peace, you gallimaffrey Hodge. If he want work, I'll hire him. One of you to him. Stay, he comes to us. Good day, maester. And you raw oak. Nails. If I should speak after him without drinking, I should choke. And you, friend Oak, are you of the gentle craft? Yo, yo, ik ben den schoolmaker. Den schoolmaker, quotha. And hark you, schoolmaker, have you all your tools, a good rubbing pin, a good stopper, a good dresser, your four sorts of awls and your two balls of wax, your paring knife, your hand and thumb levers, and good St. Hugh's bones to smooth up your work? Yo, yo, be neat vorward. Ich hab all die Dingen, vor Mark schools groot and clean. Ha <laughs> ha, good master, hire him. He'll make me laugh so that I shall work more in mirth than I can in earnest. Here, you friend, have you any skill in the mystery of Cordwainers? Ich weet nicht, wat jou say. Ich verstau you nicht. Why, thus, man? Imitating by gesture a shoemaker at work. Ich verste you nicht, quoth ah. Oh, yo, 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 it can that well do. Yo, yo, he speaks yawing like a jackdaw that gapes to be fed with cheese curds. Oh, he'll give a villainous pull at a can of double beer, but Hodge and I have the vantage. We must drink first because we are the eldest journeyman. What is thy name? Uh, Hans? Uh, uh, Hans. 
Milter. Give me thy hand. Thou'rt welcome. Hodge, entertain him. Firk, bid him welcome. Come, hands. Run, wife, bid your maids, your trolleybubs. Make ready my fine men's breakfasts. To him, Hodge. Hans, thou'rt welcome. Use thyself friendly, for we are good fellows. If not, thou shalt be fought with, wert thou bigger than a giant. Gee, and drunk with, wert thou, Gargantua. My master keeps no cowards, I tell thee. Ho, boy, bring him an heel block. He is a new journeyman. Enter boy. Oh, ik verstoe you. Ik moet in hofdossen kans betolen. Here, boy. Nemt the scrolling, tap ins freelek. Exit boy. Quick, snipper snapper, away. Folk, scour thy throat. Thou shalt wash it with Castilian liquor. Enter boy. Come, my last of the fives, give me a can. Have to thee, hands. Here, Hodge. Here, Firk. Drink, you mad Greeks, and work like true Trojans, and pray for Simon here, the shoemaker. Here, hands, and thou art welcome. Lo, dame, you would have lost a good fellow that will teach us to laugh. This beer came hopping in well. Simon, it is almost seven. Is so, dame clapper dudgeon. Is seven o'clock, and my men's breakfast not ready. Trip and go, you soused conjure away. Come, you mad hyperboreans, follow me, Hodge. Follow me, Hans. Come after, my fine folk. To work, to work a while, and then to breakfast. Exit. Soft. You're your good hands, though my master have no more wit but to call you afore me. I am not so foolish to go behind you, I being the elder journeyman. Exant. <laughs>